Hello, and welcome back to the Technically F1 podcast. With me in the podcast recording studio today is... Rashab. I wonder who you are. <laughs> I'm here too. Jack's here. Um, and we've got quite a lot to talk about. We've got the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Quite an exciting race. Uh, I, what do you think, Rashab? Um, well, yes, it, it was different. I, I mean, the it. tire failures. Yeah. But you liked it for a reason that I didn't like it. So shall you divulge that reason? Sergio Perez won. Yes, and especially considering Max Verstappen lost. You were happy about that. Actually, I, I didn't really care about that. I just wanted Perez oh, okay. to win. Okay. I mean, I'm happy he's won now. He's essentially secured a seat for another two years. Yeah, and Vettel got second place. I think everybody's liking that. Yeah, I mean, his victory celebrations were so nostalgic. It reminded me of, like, 2013. Even though I didn't watch F1 then, it still reminds me of those victory celebrations. Yuki Sonoda got seventh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, second points of the season. That's good for him. I mean, he's... I'd say he's underperformed. And Lewis Hamilton was 15th, so that's nice. Absolutely. Although Jorge Russell was still behind him. I can live with that. Well, I'm not happy about that, but, you know, that was because of an engine blow-up. Literally, he was about to... DNF'd. Yeah, but, you That's know... That's normal. But the funny thing about the DNF was he still had the fastest lap. <clears throat> no one was able to better his lap. Well, didn't, um, didn't Sergio Perez get fastest lap or something? No, 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 the point actually still counted for Max, which was the weirdest part of it. Oh, wow. Although, I actually don't think he got the point for it. Which is sad, because I think we both wanted to win the championship at this point. Uh, but you see, Lewis Hamilton did worse than Mazepin. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. I mean, Mazepin had a shocker of a race, because he got overtaken by uh, or Mick Schumacher. That's not crazy, but the crazy part of it is the fact that uh, Mick Schumacher was dead last for like a couple laps because he had a really bad pit stop. But he was able to recover and still overtake Mazepin. Isn't that Mercedes's job to have really bad pit stops? I thought so too, but it was one of those ones where they um, don't really tighten the wheel nut at all. Uh, so the wheel came off. <laughs> yeah, completely come off. All right, so not that not great. But, um, you know, shall we talk about qualifying? Because I, here, let me go pull it up on my phone here. I actually have some notes from qualifying. Because I believe I yeah I did watch it uh, live. Yeah, you which is a rarity. At four in the morning. No, that was for the race. Qualifying was later. Thank God. Qualifying um, was after the race. No, no, qualifying was before the race. Um. Uh, anyways, um. So George Russell was able to get out, uh, for Q one, but he crashed in FP three. So that was the reason that was in doubt. Um, but speaking of people who crashed in FP3, so did Verstappen. And they both went off at the same corner. Everybody was kicking off that, like, oh, there must not be enough grip at that corner. But interestingly enough, Giovinazzi crashed out in Q1 at the exact same corner um, as Verstappen. So, I mean, is Gio just struggling? What do you think? There's a chance it's a coincidence and Giovinazzi is just a bad driver. I mean, you barely, we barely ever talk about him on this podcast, but I think this is the first time he's actually done something notable enough 
other than that one time he scored a point last year to be on here. So uh, what do you think about him? Well, he's just kind of there. I think he's almost a placeholder. Well, he almost is, though, because he's part of the Ferrari driver, pretty much. He's a Ferrari driver academy member, which means he has some talent, or at least Ferrari thinks he has some talent. But then again, he's never been promoted, and he's never tested a Ferrari more than once in a year. So, I'm not sure he's actually going to get a drive at Ferrari. I mean, Sainz would have to do something really wrong for Gio to get the drive. He might. I mean, look, he messed up this weekend, but I still think Sainz is okay. That Monaco performance proved that he had at least some pace. um, Yeah. He might mess up. Yeah. He might just not want to be there anymore. No one else does. Well, Leclerc's getting pole positions. I think the fact is... Leclerc's a good driver. I think after watching that qualifying session, I have to say that I think Leclerc might be one of the best qualifiers of this era. What do you think? Yes, he definitely is. Because he's literally um, out-qualifying for Stappen in a car that's considerably slower than the Red Bull over the race distance. Exactly, which is why I think he'll probably move. Which means Sainz will also want to move as well. And so that opens up space up for, like, Geo. And Mick. The thing about that, I think they'd promote Mick before they would ever promote Giovinazzi. Okay, well, Mick's not really doing so well. He's always losing or something near there. Yeah, but even if his team has a bad pit stop or he spins, he can always overtake Mazepin. The thing that I was worried about this season was that Mazepin was actually going to be a threat to him in that car. And that was just instantly disproven. So as long as Mazepin doesn't score the like one or two points that Haas may score this year, then Mick is almost guaranteed to have a, a reputation boost instantly. You see, you see Mick, um, well, he's probably a really good driver if he was in a good car, but he's not. Absolutely, I think we can both agree. Yeah. He's not in the good car, so he hasn't proved himself really yet. Although then again, winning F2, I think, is a proof of overall skill, right? No, it isn't. Everybody's is done not? that. No, no. Think about the drivers in recent years who have not won F2. Sergei Sorotkin, Mazepin, and Lance Stroll. And actually Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen didn't win in F2. Okay, well, even Pierre but Gasly then again, he didn't won. Even, yeah, Pierre Gasly won. Ocon won, I think. Or maybe he got second. I almost Bottas forget. won. Bottas won. But then again, he was a lot better of a driver then. He still is a um, really good driver. Absolutely, but this car just isn't... He's really struggling, and that's obvious. Like, his early Williams days, I think, were one of his peaks. Because he was literally... He was getting, like, weekly podiums in the Williams days. And I'm not saying that Williams car was a bad car, but sim- quite simply... It was. He was on another level from Massa. Williams are bad cars in general. <laughs> no, 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 no. In the early 2010s and the early oh, 2000s... Was that before V6 Turbo Hybrid? No, no, no. They were actually good in the V6 Turbo Hybrid era. They didn't win races, but they were always behind the Mercedes cars. And isn't they would be able to overtake a Red Bull population. Isn't that normally what like, defines whether you're good or not, whether you're winning or not? Uh, yes, but no. I think we can both agree that McLaren's in a good place right now, right? And they're not winning. 
But well, they're, they're not exactly. I mean, they're not exactly in a good place. It's kind of a waste of money for them to have a or to have a McLaren F1. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think there there's definitely value in it. What kind of value? They had trouble with money, and then they built a no, team no, they, that cost so much. They fixed so the much. money troubles, though. Or at least okay, they, fixed their F1 they just money waste troubles. so much money. Like, they should be winning with the amount of funding that they have. Well, the budget caps were to put a stop to that. Yes, but even before that. Yes, but no. They hadn't actually seeked out and they weren't hiring the best people they could have. I mean, yeah, Think about Zach it. Brown. No, no, beyond just Zach Brown, he wasn't hiring the best people yet. They hadn't hired Adrian Newey. He Although is. they had hired him previously, you know. It's okay. Well, they had Zach Brown, so I suppose. I mean, it's okay. No, he's you just are a bad going, CEO. You're going crazy on Zach Brown, but he's brought them. Okay, wait. More... Just edit that part out. What? Me calling um, Zach Brown a bad CEO. Okay. All right. We'll we see. Should, we should That's probably get a five second window. Nope. 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 That's standing. Anyways. Um... No, it isn't. That's staying in. I will report this podcast. That's staying in. Me threatening um, to report it. Well, we'll see. All right, maybe I'll have to take it out. Anyways, um, so Zach, I don't think he's that. I mean, he's gotten them more sponsors. And Wait, what that's, that's actually... not really a big with a budget cap, as you said. That's not really a big thing. No, but what it means is that suddenly they no longer need to spend any money at all. The McLaren company. So, yeah, I agree with you. They were wasting money. They were putting good money where bad money was going. The same place. But that was in the early 2010s. I think they're done with that now. Because they literally aren't allowed to do that. Okay, but my only problem with Zach Brown is when you buy a McLaren, you expect like a... Like a Almost like an exotic kind of sports car, you know? Oh, you're not getting that anymore. But that's simply because they're building too many of them. You're just getting like an American kind of thing. The CEO is American. I agree and disagree. I think the philosophy of speed in some of those cars over cornering force is wrong. But I think the ones that do have good downforce, I think those are fine. You know, the Senna, the 720S. But it's American. Like, I mean, the CEO is American. You're right. He probably has brought in a structure that is more American. Which, in turn, makes the company American. That's not how it legally works, but... Yeah, I mean, I think they're set up in the Cayman Islands. But, yeah. They're set up in the Cayman Islands? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, because their previous CEO... um, I'll spacing on his name, but if I remember it, I'll, I'll say it. Uh, he was an excellent businessman, and he used to work for Marlboro. Then he set up McLaren, and I believe he set them up in the Cayman Islands. Mm. Yeah, but then he got kicked out for uh, the Honda McLaren disaster. What happened there? Uh, they had three years of just terrible performance. Consistently bad. I see. But they blamed the entire thing on Honda, and the shareholders just kicked him out. Mm. I mean, you would, though, wouldn't you? Just three years of no performance at all, you would kick him out. Mm. Would you? I don't know. Okay. 
I mean, I might kick him out. But Honda, if you think about it, it's probably better that you keep them with you. And rather yeah, than because with maybe they'd Red be able Bull. To, they'd be able to give you a free Honda jet? Actually, yeah. Didn't, um, didn't, whatchamacallit, I forgot which driver, um, but some driver asked when they, when they were getting their team jet. I think that was Hulkenberg, right? Yes, I believe so. And, oh, uh, yeah, it was Irritable said, um, Irritable said, when you win. Yeah, he's never instead winning. Instead of winning, you could just join the company. You're right, you should have just joined Honda and gotten a free Honda jet. Because they're not that expensive as well. There's well, they're expensive, million. but for a private jet, that's not terrible. Think about Gulfstream, well, right? It's size. It's yeah. not great. No, maybe not, but think about other private jets like Gulfstream. That's, I think, $100 million. Is it not? Probably. But think about it then. If you, it's like $7 million, that's less than a MiG-29. Why is or it's that... more than a MiG-29. Why are you comparing it to a MiG-29? Because a MiG-29 is a similarly sized uh, airplane. Not really, no. Yeah, a MiG-29 is a single-seater fighter jet. Yeah, but it's a really long plane. Yes, but it's a fighter jet. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's faster. I think if you honestly have to choose MiG-29 over, or, um, uh, what, what was it, uh, Honda Jet, I think we'd probably both choose Honda Jet. Or, excuse me, MiG-29. MiG-29. No, I'd choose a Honda Jet. Really? I mean, sure, you wouldn't be able to fly it well, but I think that would be so fun to have a fighter jet. I don't think you can legally fly that. I think maybe. Oh, but the cockpit of the MiG-29 is so dated. Why is it so dated? It literally is just... Alright, now I completely retract my statement. It's completely dated. There's no digital screens. It's all analog. Why? Alright, that pisses me off. Like, if I look up uh, an actually good plane, Sukhoi SU-57 cockpit, you can see that that is an actual, you know, like, LCD screen or are there images? There must be images. Yeah. Yeah, that too. That looks like a um, a more modern plane. But even then, that doesn't look all that modern as well. It surprises me. The um, the Russians just don't have modern uh, cockpits for their planes. Well, no one uses modern cockpits for that kind of stuff. Well, the Americans do. I mean, do they even... I mean, a lot of the stuff was made like 30 years ago. Was the F-22 30 years ago? I thought it was more recent than that. Let's see. I don't know, maybe. But a lot of it was made for like, Vietnam and stuff. Still, think about um, think about the 747-400. That has a fully digital cockpit. Yeah, the F-22, fully digital. Mm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, shall we go back to the F-1 race? We can have this debate later. Okay. I take it that's a yes. Okay. Um, anyways, Russell got into Q2, so that was a positive, I think. I don't know if you're a big George Russell fan or not. It's always hard to tell, but uh, I was happy about that because, you know, unlucky for him with that crash, but, you know, still pretty good. Mm. And George Russell, it's always a shame when he crashes. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a mistake that he's going to really beat himself up over, even if it's a small one. Okay. 
All right, uh, and then Mazepin was still the slowest, even though Lance Stroll crashed out. Like, that is crazy. In Q1, Lance has hit the wall. Like, how is that possible? It's tough. That just, that really confuses me how that's actually possible. There's a point where you wonder whether this guy is even beyond, like, fast enough for F1. Is he even good enough to drive one of these cars in the first place? Like, there are a whole bunch of people, like, crap drivers who test F1 cars. But is he even worthy of those? Like, it's unbelievable to me how slow he is. I think you're kind of insulting him at this point. Yeah, but also I'm actually questioning his position. Like, I'm not saying I'd be faster than him, but there are people that deserve an F1 seat that are faster than him. No doubt. Callum Eilat. Absolutely. Eilat. He could take that seat. There is, um, oh, there was another one. There was a page everywhere who was fast. Uh, he's an F2. One second. I'm going to look it up. If I find him, I will tell you. Um, anyways, let's continue. Hamilton was fastest in the final sector for all of his laps. Essentially amounted to the fact that the Mercedes engine is good. Oh my god. You know it's kind of funny? Um, okay. Uh, you know how there's like a soccer team in Stuttgart? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what its name is. Like Stuttgart United? Who knows? Yeah, I think it's like VFB or something like that, Stuttgart. Okay, interesting. And um, well, their uniforms say Mercedes Benz on them. Mercedes okay. Benz Bank, I believe. It nice. Says. All right, I found the team. You ready for me to tell, or the driver? You want to know who it is? Sure. Okay, so it's Dan Tickdom. He's got sponsorship behind him, and I think he'd be faster in an F1 car. Plus, he's linked to Williams. He should be an F1. Plus, they could, he could be a replacement, at least in my opinion, for um, uh, George Russell when he inevitably goes to Mercedes. Because apparently he's already written a contract down. So what we've all said was going to happen from the beginning, apparently it's pretty much confirmed at this point. Mm. Good thing, bad thing. I mean, it's going to be a shame for Williams losing him. But then again, I think now that they're on, hopefully on the rise, because they're now consistently making Q2, I think that, you know, they'll get a point or two this season, and then that'll be the springboard from which they launch next season's attack on the championship. Mm. I can tell you don't agree that they're going to win the championship next year, but, um... Well, next you know. year. Hopefully Look, it's the new regulations. Sort of new team or something. Who do you... What, you want someone to replace Williams? Actually, I was hoping, um... Well, actually, yeah, I wouldn't mind Williams. I'd prefer it to be Haas. I just think they really don't have much of a place in F1 at this point. Yeah, well, Haas I is mean, kind I... of... If it's getting kicked out, then you see the problem there. What? The Americans are getting kicked out? I mean, the interaction... The... Oh, 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 right. Juvenasi would be difficult. kicked out. Well, I mean, Kimmy's retiring... would be kicked out, and then, um, then Mick would get that. You know, no, no, you know what we do? Why don't we go and dissolve Alpha? Because I don't care about Geo. Or, I, I mean, he's just not, he's sort of a meh driver, as you say. He's just sort of there. He's, and Kimmy's yeah. supposedly retiring at the end of this year. And if he doesn't retire at the end of this year, he'll get a Mercedes seat. No, he's, he's not getting a Mercedes seat. He might I know get he's a not getting a Mercedes seat. No, I don't think so. I think he'll probably just test for a team. Because he's a, still a really fast driver. He'd probably just end up testing, though. 
Because he likes driving the cars, but I don't think he likes racing them. Yeah. Although that that's yeah. sort of like the, the point of it. As he says, it's a hobby. <laughs> well no, he did he not say on Driver's Drive it's more of a hobby, really. He did, yeah. He yeah, said something about not needing to do it if he didn't want to. Yeah. So, uh, Daniel Ricardo in Q2, guess what he did? What? He did something very special. Something only the best drivers can do. He crashed. Yep, smacked to the wall and caught her, caused a red flag. Idiot. How did I get that, though? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because we said two other drivers caused red flags. <laughs> and you're like, I know. He crashed. <laughs> I don't get why Daniel Ricciardo moved to Renault. Renault or McLaren? I think he was okay at Renault, but he's destroyed his reputation at McLaren. No, Renault. I mean Renault. Oh, okay. I mean, I think he was always going to get... When he eventually got really conclusively beaten by Verstappen, that was going to pretty much end his career. Because, look, he was never going to get preferential treatment, and he wasn't... If they were ever in a championship contending position... In those years. I just don't think it would have done him any good to stay there. Wasn't he still technically first driver or whatever? Yes, but they said that if he was staying for 2019, they were going to have two first drivers. Which, as we know, at Ferrari didn't go well in 2019. Well, nothing went well for Ferrari in 2019. Other than the fact that their engine cheating was actually quite effective. And they did well in the disappointed, wasn't he? That's a good point. He was appointed, which actually now that discounts all the wins that they got in 2019, simply because he got appointed that year. Yep. All right. Now, shall we talk about uh, who crashed and essentially let Leclerc get pole? Ready for um, this? Okay. Take a guess. Take a guess, right? Take a guess who uh, crashed. Lewis. Nope. It's even funnier. Bottas. Nope. It's one of your favorite new drivers. Sonoda. Yep, Yuki Sonoda crashed, caused a red flag, and ended the session. Four red flags in one qualifying session. Or not one session. Yuki's just like the best rookie, though. We all know that. He's the best performing rookie. That doesn't mean that he's the best rookie. I still think that Mick Schumacher's better. He's the best performing rookie. There is a difference. Why? Well, I mean, the best performing rookie is should be the best rookie because the best performing Fine. rookie was good enough to get promoted to a good enough car. Yes, but no. Mick Schumacher had no choice. He wasn't going to get appointed to Ferrari. And Mazepin's crap anyways. Yes, but he easily could have probably gotten Giovinazzi's seat if he'd asked for no, it. No. They were going to give him anything. No, actually, no, no, they he, were not he asked him... for it. What? I don't think he actually asked for it. No, he did ask for it. He didn't get it. He oh, wanted that's... the Alpha seat. He, he was, that's why he was testing at Germany for Alpha. But because oh, he missed out on that test, Kimmy took the, um, the drive that weekend and got it again. And because they're literally not willing to give up on Giovinazzi, which is one of the stupidest things I've seen yet, they're keeping him over like Mick Schumacher. Nick could literally be scoring points along with Kimmy, and they decided to keep Gio. Okay, well, I mean, think about it this way. G- Gio was the one who made the mistake and crashed into Daniel Ricciardo. 
at last race. And Kimmy didn't, and he took the points. Okay, yes, but you see, clearly they don't have as much faith in Mick as you do. I guess not, but I think it's probably also partially because they just want to stay with um I, yeah, I just I can't figure it out. It it annoys me. I mean I don't know if are you annoyed by it? I don't know. Okay. I mean not really. Okay. Because that right. means Yuki Sonoda is the best rookie. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that he's the best rookie. It there's nothing saying He's the best rookie, other than the fact that he's performing better than all of them. But that's sim- <laughs> no, 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 performing better though. What I mean by performing better is scoring points. Mick literally will not score a point this year. Neither will Mazepin. Even Grosjean scored points last year, didn't he? Yeah, but the car wasn't as bad as it is now. That's Plus always about got- the car. Look, right. The fact is, the car is bad, but soon or not soon noted. Um. Mazepin literally is not making the difference. He's not even close to Mick. We both agree, right, that Mazepin's not even in the running for the um, the best driver at the team. Or the best okay, rookie. But how come uh, they're always around the same place, around the same time as well? He they was seem 40... to be equal, almost. Look, Mick has had terrible luck. In that race, when he... Um, had that pit stop, I was like, oh no, Mazepin's actually going to finish ahead of him. And then the fact that he was able to recover from that, do a really good race, and come back and pass Mazepin. Think of Imola, where Mick crashed. He ended up coming back and beating Mazepin. Yes, but you he can literally crash. It... Yeah, but Sunoda's getting conclusively beaten by Gasly. Yes, well, Gasly's Gasly. He won the world, whatever, the F2 World Championship or whatever. Yeah, and Tsunoda got third in a car that shouldn't have even been able to finish sixth. They're not that far off, I think, in skill levels. Okay, Yuki, seventh. Yes. Gasly was third. Yes. Let's put it this way. Yuki was not even, like, a F2 champion or anything. Right. Okay. That was mixed job. Right. He won it. He beat a stacked field that year. He's like, why? I, like, I mean, why isn't, why isn't Haas any good? Because why is it? Because they're not, investing, they're not investing in the team this year. They literally came out and said, we're not going to put a penny into the development of this car. Yes, Exactly. It's literally an off-the-shelf. Which means they don't care. They don't care about Mick. They don't care. No, they don't care about this season. They care about next season. Well, this is this is the season that's going on right now. The thing that's rookie season. The thing that's really confusing me is that why do they even pretend that they care about next season when they're just selling it to Rich Energy? The only Rich Energy and uh, Euro Kali, isn't it? Yes, you're right. It is. It is both actually. And in the announcement that um, – it, this is why it all makes sense for those who don't know this. Uh, Rich Energy Chief said that they had a business partner, and the only business partner that would actually put money into Haas seems to be Drillchem and Yorkley. So we, it's pretty much confirmed at this point that they're buying it for next year. So why, are, why is Haas even bothering? It just confuses me. Why don't they put everything into this year? 
I mean, Father Mazepin, Dmitry Mazepin, has literally given them $30 million. That's a lot of money. They could develop the car with that. Maybe they're saving that for next year. <laughs> but there's the budget cap is still the same. They can run at the budget cap, and they'll still have $30 million extra. Yes, well, they can't even make it to the budget cap without the budget cap. Wait, you mean without... Like, without the, enough um, money to fill the budget yeah. cap? You don't have so, the budget cap. But I think with that double sponsorship next year, they will have enough for the budget cap, right? Yeah. I see yeah, they will. I was looking at the scores from the race, and okay. I honestly think that I beat you in Fantasy F1. Uh, who do I have? I've got Alonzo and, um... Ricardo. Oh, God. That was such a terrible choice of me to pick Ricardo. That makes me mad, because it was like, if only I kept Norris. Actually, Ricardo was a good one. Alonzo was useless. No, no, no. Alonzo was great in that race. He came back from 11th, or excuse me, 12th at the restart, and in two laps up to 6th. It's like Spain 2012, where he was seventh and came up to first. Okay, in two well, laps. um, okay, you see, that brings this is him what Alonso thrives at like 13 points overall this year. But that's fine because the Alpine is completely crap. I mean, that's clear, at least to me, then that the Alpine is him? crap. Well, I didn't realize the Alpine was going to be crap. I thought they were going to build on last year's season and be getting podiums over McLaren. But like Alonzo, though. Look, he still has talent, and that's what that race proved to me. Ocon He's was old. nowhere. Maybe, but Ocon was still nowhere. And Ocon is heralded as one of those people that's just the future, and yet he was conclusively beaten by Fernando Alonso. To me, at least, that's a sign of weakness for him. Yeah. Look, would you, if you said right now, if you gave a two-lap sprint where each of them had the exact same car, same downforce, same everything, Ocon versus Alonzo, you would put Ocon ahead. No, probably not. Okay. So okay, we but still you got 37 it... points overall. Ooh, that's pretty poor. How many do you have? Okay, I've got 10. You've got 66, I think. 12 plus 10 plus 12 plus 25, which is a lot more than you. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay, all right. You may have more points than me, but I'm still happy with the choices that I made. <laughs> 44 plus 25. Except, actually, no, I'm not because because of Ricardo. Oh, wait, I got, uh, I got 69 points. Okay. Nice, that's the funny number. Imagine you end the, uh, technic- or the fantasy F1 with that. That'd be pretty funny. Okay, well, you kind of have to edit that part out, or else we're going to get demonetized, aren't we? No, no. We're fine. This is exactly why we, um... Uh, we're we, in the we, bleeping I, noise. No, no, this is why we have a podcast, you see. Um, not a YouTube channel. A YouTube channel, you see, you get demonetized on. Podcast, we're You get fine. deleted. No, no, we get a, a channel strike. But and... here, we're fine. How many strikes do we have? Uh, three strikes. Or no, no, no. You mean on our channel, actually? Or how yes. many we can get? Oh, we've got no channel strikes. Okay, so maybe we shouldn't start. Oh, no, we're not going for channel strikes. Don't worry. Anyways, uh, shall we talk about the race? Because that was interesting. Okay. It, although, actually, were you 
angry with the tire failures or were you happy with those? I didn't really care. They didn't really affect my driver. Okay. But for me, at least, I was angry simply because um, this is the second time in under a year that Pirelli has shown, to me at least, that they're completely inept in building racing tires. And I think that it's literally their entire purpose is to build racing tires. Their tires that they put on road cars are better than the ones they put on racing cars. I would literally prefer the Pirelli tires that they put on the McLarens than the ones that they put on the F1 cars. I think that's saying something. Not really. Really? Are they just that bad? The F1 tires? Well, they are quite bad. Yeah. There were like three or four failures. Yeah. I think it's time to bring Bridgestone back because they just seem to be a consistent tire maker. And sure, I think maybe it's they're time one... to bring Cosworth back, but that's not really a tire maker. They're an engine person. You mean for engines? Well, yes, you know, they yes, really they wanted to stay for um, F1. In fact, I think we would have had more teams staying in F1 if um, Cosworth stayed. But it turned out they couldn't afford to make V6 turbo engines. It's just too expensive. I mean, they made really competitive V8 engines for the 2010 and or 2010 to 2013 season. But they could not afford to make turbo hybrids. She just said it's too expensive. I mean, that's a shame that we're not getting more engine manufacturers simply because of the cost um, barrier. Remember like, the uh, Ford whatever? Ford Cosworth DFV? There was Racing. multiple of them. There was like the Escort as well, wasn't there? Oh, oh, the Escort Cosworth, right? Yeah, that was kind of an OP car. It was. They were really fast. I heard of someone being able to hit, like, 120 miles an hour on, like, normal roads with one of those things. It's just crazy. Oh, since we're speaking about these kind of weird F1 sedan things. Absolutely. Oh, what about that Lotus one? The Avaya? The one that got banned from the country for being a good getaway car. Oh, oh, the Vauxhall Lotus Carlton. Oh, that's a really cool car. Yeah, I think it was banned completely from England, right? I think it's banned from everywhere. Yeah, that's funny, because they were so cheap that all the villains, or not villains, robbers could go and buy them. And even um, without that problem, um, they, they would could just follow steal you home. Yeah, you had one. <laughs> it's creepy, but it's really funny. I guess it's just another reason to not have um, a Lotus. Lotus Carlton's. Yeah. Or any Lotus. Well, I don't think all Lotuses would be stolen, but... I mean, they all have, like, that kind of look to them where they look expensive, but they're really not that expensive. I was really surprised by how little they cost when I first, like, looked at the price. Yeah, they're like, I mean, right? you can get one for 30 Absolutely. I, you can get one for 20000 if you have to build it. No, you can still build you don't some have Lotuses. to build it. Yeah, I mean, it's all just parts from other companies. They don't actually do a lot. You're right, because the engine is definitely not there. It's like a Ford V4 or something like that. Yeah, and I know one of them, they made a V8 previously, which was just two Ford four-cylinders stuck together. And that was the same with the Jag V12. Or not the Jag V12, the the Aston V12. You see, see, that's an intri- That's a cool thing because that's like three different engines stick together. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, it's. Or do they stick a Mustang engine to a, a V4? 
I think it was probably a um, two V6 Mustang engines put together. Because at that time, they um, were using the Mustang V6, and there was no really good V8 oh. Yeah. That, that was the that was the time that was really bad for Mustangs. Yeah, it was before the Coyote Mustang. Coyote. Yep. Well, that's what they I don't it. keep up with Mustangs. I don't really either. That's just the only thing I know. So I sound sort of knowledgeable when I say it. Do I? No, I, I really don't. I, I no, you I don't. Just, no, I don't. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, other things that happened in the race. Um, personally, I would just recommend people actually just watch the race because I think it's such a good race to watch. It's F1 at its most dramatic, I think. Yeah, it's just worth the watch. And if you don't have that, just watch the highlights. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, so viewers... Aviation time. I think after 40 minutes, Rashab, it is time for aviation. Honda Jet time. Um... We had this debate earlier, Honda Jet versus Fighter Jet. Uh, which one would you get? Well, obviously the Honda Jet. Okay. Um, I would. I want to see what the price of a used Gulfstream is. So, what do you bet that's going to be? I give seventy million. Seventy million. Actually, wait, that's where they start, isn't it? I so. Okay, so maybe fifty million. All right, I'm going to go use Gulfstream cost right now. Oh, there's nothing really general on the internet. That's because if um, you can afford a Gulfstream, you don't exactly sell it, do you? No, generally not. So, uh, G500. You have somebody else selling it. A t- wow, we were both wrong. A used Gulfstream G500 from only 2019, mind you, only two years old, is $38 million. That's a lot less than I thought it would be. But still very expensive. I think we can both agree on that for a private jet. Or of that size, at least. Because the G500 Wait, what, is What large. website are you using? Controller.com? Uh, no, no. I was using AutoTrader for planes. What? AutoTrader that, for planes. That's the thing? No, it's not a thing. Uh, I don't know what I was just using here. Let's look up price of the Gulfstream G700. Because controller.com is saying that it's almost like 39 million, 38 million, and 950,000. Okay. That's what mine had said. Something similar. I'm looking at the, um, the Gulfstream G700 right now. It's a really big plane. Wow. You have a bath, you've got a bedroom and bathroom, you've got a sitting room, and a dining area. Why do Although, you need a house then? I mean, it is pretty much a house, but personally, if I had to have a private jet, I would have a Web Motors A340, because as it turns out, that's supersonic. But no, no, A340. I'd have A340 private jet. That's the coolest thing. Airbus? Have. Yep, Airbus A340. Wait, why, though? You like Boeing. I do like Boeing, but there are a couple of cool Airbuses, the A340 and the A350 mainly. And the Beluga. You like the Beluga. I think it just looks like a bloated... Bunch of okay, crap. the Beluga, if yep. you use that as a mansion, it'd be really cool. Absolutely. Oh, you could have a house in there. Absolutely. Like an aviate, like a flying mansion would be kind of cool. Because then, like, I mean, when you're traveling, you can bring your whole home with you. 
And you'll never have that moment when you think, oh, I forgot this at home. Exactly. You'll never have that moment where you think, I forgot my toothbrush. I forgot my um, shoes, I guess. I don't know. What do people forget on planes? I never forget anything because I'm the greatest packer of all time. But what do you forget? I don't. I've never forgotten anything. Okay, great. We're clearly superior packers than most other people, Um, especially our listeners. Um, what? <laughs> especially your listeners. I'm sorry. Do listen. you want them to keep listening? <laughs> thank you for listening, and thank you to the 12 people that actually listened to the ones where we designed a private military. That was the weirdest thing ever. Actually, it's probably not the weirdest thing we've done. No, it probably is. It has to be, right? Not really. Okay. By the way, we've got like 600 listens overall. That's pretty good for a small podcast. How many episodes do we have? I think like 30. Okay, so that's not, that's like 20 people. It's not bad. It isn't bad. There could just think be 10 that. people who listen to it twice. Maybe, but that's still consistently getting 20 listens a podcast. Is, I mean, we I haven't been consistently give, getting those, though. We have, we have. I mean, I mean sure, mean, the average went down a bit with the, um, the private military episode, but still. I mean, there's probably like one podcast that has like more than 20 views. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is like one with 40. But um, that's pretty much balanced out completely by the, um, the military one. <laughs> Sorry, I just have to keep mentioning that because it is just so bad. It is one of the worst things we've done. But anyways, A34600, amazing plane. That's what I'd have as a private jet. What would you have? Actually, DA sixty two, right? Um, no, okay. no, I wouldn't. That's not even a jet, though. <laughs> Wait, oh no, no, it's a it's a propeller plane, general aviation. Yeah. Um, Dual what would propeller. you have? Oh, one minute, let me just find it. Listeners, to get up interaction, could you tell us what your favorite private jet is? Comment that on our YouTube channel. Thank oh, you. One minute, let me just figure it out. I have a couple that I'm just looking at. Um. Imagine we get, like, 20 comments on our next video. My favorite private jet is Boeing A380. (laughs) Okay, my favorite jet is the Cyberjet SJ-30. SJ-30? Does it look anything like a Cybertruck? No, it does not. Wow. Look at the range. I'm about to look at those landing gears. They're so long. Yeah. All right, let's see the but range. I chose this purely on range. I mean, there's a lot of jets that are like more than this, but this has the best range. 3,000 miles. You can get across the U.S. with that. Yeah, about. Honda Jet, you only get 1,600. 1,500, okay. 1,600, That around that much. But there's actually no real confirmed maximum distance of a Honda jet. Because they're pretty new. Let's see. What's the New Boeing? York to London distance? Uh, I think it's like 5,000-ish miles. Oh, yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So let's see. I've got to look up something else. I'm going to see the longest-range plane in the world. Uh, wait, no, it's five. It's Wait, wait a minute. Huh. Yes, okay, air travel. 
shortest distance between New York and uh, London is yep. 3,470 miles. Wow, that's quite good. It's 5,000 kilometers. Okay. All right. Now, you want to hear the longest range plane in the world? Or at least the longest range one I can find right now? The Salt Falcon. Nope. It's the Boeing 777-200LR with an 8,500 nautical mile range. 15,000 kilometers. Really good. But if you think about it, that's not actually very useful, is it? No, it is. It is. You can go anywhere to anywhere with that plane. Yes, okay, well, I mean, after a certain point, it doesn't really matter anymore. No, no, there is a... Until we get to, like, 12,000 miles, we have not been able to go anywhere to anywhere fully. So I mean, you could still, fly from here to Europe and that. You could, but you could not go directly from here to Dubai the wrong way. You know, this is the yes, right way. And then don't go the wrong way. way. Right, no, but there are destinations, like, in the middle of Russia that we could not go directly to from here. And don't go directly to. Actually, but, yeah, you could. I don't Russia think Russia's kind of so. close, actually. Just fly to Alaska first. Right, no, but I'm saying directly, because everyone wants to be direct now. Personally, I like connections, yes. but people yes, don't connections like connections. give you so much time to, like, look at other places. Yeah, and you get to walk around the airport, which I think is really fun. A lot of people hate that, but I just don't get why. I think that's fun. Yeah, you get to meet new people. Um, connections are great, and that's why I'm in, in favor of bringing back It's like a second vacation. Stuff. Exactly. You get to vacation somewhere that you didn't even pay for. <laughs> Let me think about that. You, you paid for it, and then well, you, you paid, paid for, for a second it. flight from there. Yeah. But anyways, the longest range plane in the world, according to the internet, is... The Airbus A350 XWB Extra Long Range. Interesting. Uh, An XWB does not stand for Extra Long Range. It stands for Extended Wheelbase. Its range is 9,700 nautical miles. Jesus, that's long. Um, yeah, that's really quite large. Uh, what a uh, range. How long again? 9,700 nautical oh, miles. Okay. That's pretty big. Yeah. Right? I think so. Yeah, but you don't really... I mean, that's a huge jet. Mm, is it? I mean, it's a bit bigger than the 777, but it's not too big. It's smaller than a 747. It's smaller than a normal 777. It's smaller than an A380, obviously. Um, not too bad. I mean, yes. In comparison to what general aviation, yes, it's huge. But I don't think, normally I don't compare jetliners to general aviation. Uh, the Airbus A350X, don't you? I thought you were about to say the A3, and I was going to be like, what? Don't say it. What? The A380? Yeah, I think that's probably your favorite plane, right? No, it's just your okay. least favorite. I just don't like it. It looks like a whale, and it's the worst. It's the worst Wait, plane the ever made. Yeah, the XWB. Yeah, okay, that's nine. Wait a minute. Hmm. Mine says 9,700. What does yours say? 9,300. Interesting. Oh, wait. wait a minute. That's, has Google that's, lied? It's showing up the wrong one. Never mind. Oh. It's showing up the, the Airbus A350-900 rather than the XWB. I think the A350-1000 is one you can look up. A350-1000. I know it's rare. 8,000. 
nautical miles. Really? Eight three fifty one thousand. Yeah, I'm looking up that right now. I'm gonna look up range nautical for miles. Really? That's not much. I mean, it, it's, it's less still. Than, oh, it's, yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's less than the nine hundred. Whoa! No, no, no! It is not. I'm getting right here the eight three fifty one thousand as a ten thousand nautical mile range. Wow. I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. I've just looked up A350-1000 range. I mean, that must be able to go anywhere to anywhere, right? It has to be able to. Okay, oh, the, so- the A350-XWB family yeah. is twin-engine passenger jets. It's a family, yeah. not a single jet. No, no, there's a couple different versions, I think, right? Yeah. So you can go London to Sydney, Australia in this A350-1000. Wow. That is a really long... I mean, that'd be a terrible flight. Think about that. You would, though. You would want to stop off before going to your final destination with that. You'd probably go London to Dubai, Dubai to Sydney. That's what I would do. Yeah, okay. It says 10,004 now. Okay, okay, there we go. It's just a weird website. Okay. See, I think this whole garbage about, you know, you want to fly point to point, I think that's just wrong. I think... Yes, which is lighting this... a small plane, like a Honda jet. No, I completely disagree with that Honda jet thing, though. I think if you went London... Let's do the London to Sydney route, okay? I think we can pretty much decide on what would be the best course of action using that route. I would take an A380, not because I like the plane, but because I like the amenities that the... Middle Eastern Airlines have for that plane uh, from I take it from London to Dubai uh, no London, London to Abu Dhabi then Abu Dhabi to Sydney because I assume Abu Dhabi to Sydney are you sure you don't want to go to London to Belarus why would I want to go to Belarus I don't know maybe wait a if minute. you fly near them they might send a MIG after you oh wait a minute you. oh they're gonna send a MIG after me right I just remembered that <laughs> no I definitely don't want to fly to Belarus <laughs> uh, you're gonna you're gonna fly to Estonia wait are they okay laws wise are they gonna try to kill me as I well I think they're tax free oh great I'm going straight to There's Estonia like imagine that. they've got human rights issues um, I mean they might that's they what might. comes well, with tax free we know tax free actually that's wait, the government thing. doesn't have enough money to do that really What's their GDP? Well, I mean, it's tax-free. The government might not have enough money to have human rights issues. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. No, that's different. Never mind. Oh, this is beautiful. You know what I would do? Forget it. I would take an A350-1000 to Abu Dhabi, and then i take the A350-1000 to um, uh, Sydney. Because I'm looking at the Etihad livery on that 1000. It is beautiful. Look at that. It's simplicity everywhere else, but on the tail, those shapes. That's just so cool. I think uh, most yes, of Okay, Eddie... so there's there's still um there's still taxes, but there's no corporate taxation. If oh great, income... so we should set up our company there. Yeah. Well, if all income is from outside the country. Yeah. That is from offshoreprotection.com. That's if you great. Go check it out. And as we found last week, Rashab, didn't we? We found that um, tax aversion, in the U.S. at least, is completely legal. 
Shall we not explain evasion, why? But like avoidance, tax avoidance. Or, no, not uh, not evasion. Uh, uh, evasion is a crime. No, evasion is a crime. Uh, but tax avoidance, that is what's legal. The IRS we... said that it was perfectly legal. Let's explain why it's, uh, it's completely legal. First of all, you're simply setting yourself up and living in places without certain types of taxes. For instance, you buy things from Oregon, and you might live in a place with no, um, no income tax. Like Washington? Like Washington. Excellent. You got yourself set up really well there. Then, if you own a company, for instance, you'd set that up in a place with no corporate tax. Like, like Estonia. Like Estonia. Or the, not the Maldives, but... Um, Bahamas. Bahamas, yes. And if you did anything wrong, you'd then immediately go to the Maldives where there's no extradition. Well, there's no extradition to the U.S. But if you have so many accounts and everywhere, then you might That's be arrested. That's a good point. I might be arrested there. So, but I won't actually... All right. So if you do your work in the U.S. and you live in a stone or uh, Maldives, just in case. Well, no, would you know? That's no. Okay. All right. That that's how to have a good business. Is it a good business? No, it's just how to live semi-tax free. Or you could also just live in Monaco. I think that sounds a bit easier. As uh, all three offer excellent lifestyle and um business opportunities and are oh. ideal safe havens as they do not have extradition treaties this is about um Maldives, indonesia yep. and some other islandy place i think you know uh, indonesia has some really protection. nice resorts um yes but you don't speak the language do you it's a good point but the resorts apparently they do speak some english yes okay well, you're not gonna live in a resort no but you could. I mean... If you had a job there, yeah. You if you have a job... job. Yeah, you could definitely sort of live. They're not really well, but you could sort of live there. Okay, wait. You know what would be ideal? What? So, um... So, from London, you fly to Germany. Because you just want to see Germany, obviously. Obviously, yeah. And Switzerland as well, and Italy. You know, right. just those. And Greece. And then you fly to Russia, just because you want to see Russia as well. There's some cool places in Russia. Everybody thinks this is just like this evil place. The Kremlin. You want to see the it's Kremlin? It's not that okay. crazy. And Azerbaijan, you want to see the GP. And yep. then you want to go to, um, uh, say, Nepal, so you can see Mount Everest. Yes. Okay, then you can just fly straight down to, whatchamacallit, to... Mm-hmm. I mean, with that long of a range, actually, you probably still would need to stop. Speaking of, guess how much London to um, Frankfurt costs? How much? Fifteen dollars on um, what is it? It's it's one of the British Airways. It's a cheap plane. Fifteen dollars if you want to get there. That's not bad. Oh, I mean, that's really good. <laughs> it's actually really good. I'm surprised. Yeah, about that. okay. Really good. This okay, another twenty-three dollars. Um, Continue. You could fly to Thailand, probably. Yes. Hopefully. Actually, that's a really long distance. From where are you thinking? Uh, From Nepal. Not entirely. It's a pretty... Because then you'd be flying over part of India, Bangladesh. um, Actually, no, that's a pretty long route. Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, but with 10,000 miles. Yeah. I mean, you could probably. St- I mean, the beaches there look kind of nice from yeah. the satellite images I'm looking at. 
I mean, look, pick your plan. For anybody who's actually following along with us and is like, yes, I'm booking this route right now, pick a plane with long range and then fly around the world with it. Or pick an okay, airline. Okay, then you fly to Singapore. Yep, and there's a lot of demand for that, so you can definitely get from Thailand to Singapore. And then um, from Singapore, you can go to Indonesia. Okay. And then you stay in Indonesia, unless you really want to go to Australia. In that case, you can just fly there from... But they have extradition, so you want to be careful there. Indonesia's Why are we actually... nice. Yeah, I know. Why are we advertising this as an anti-extradition trip? This is the funniest thing. I mean, actually, if you want an anti-extradition trip, you probably want to go through the Middle East and all those places. You do, you would, though, wouldn't you? Because there are a couple of places that don't extradite to the U.S. Yeah, well, a lot of the places in the Middle East. I think probably Saudi Arabia, because they don't really... Well, we're not good friends with them anymore. Just a bit of a shame, but um, I think in the Middle East there's some problems with the U.S. troops and that stuff as well. Yeah, we seem to be intruding in a lot of places. I can't imagine why, but um, well, actually, there's no longer troops there because they were pulled out they... like a couple of weeks ago, weren't they? I think we're still in Iraq though, uh, shooting at people. Well, that's not very nice. No, no, it isn't. Um, but speaking of planes and speaking of the Middle East. Uh, what do you think about Etihad? I just mentioned them a couple minutes ago, but what do you think of them as an airline? <laughs> what? Well, we're talking about the Middle East. It's a Middle. It's an Abu Dhabi. It's an airline from Abu Dhabi. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's, it's not that funny. I'm just trying to make you... connections. Okay, I'm trying to make it not sound completely random and out of the blue. Um. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, Wait, did I say well? I I've never. We're not in the Middle East. <laughs> Continue. Okay. Um. Well, I mean, I've never flown a flight from them. Yeah, I don't think any of us have because it's like ten thousand dollars. But yes, I mean, like last time I flew like long distance outside the country, I flew Emirates. They're pretty good, I hear. Which I'm also fairly sure are based is based in the UAE. It it's is literally the end of it. It's the E. New AE. It is, yeah. Oh, I get that. Oh, the top 10 countries to hide out in. No way is that a list on the internet. Iran. Is it actually? Yes, it is. Cuba. I don't think I'd hang out in Iran, but Cuba for the cigars. If you're a cigar fan, hang out in Cuba. The cars are horrible, though. You're right. It's all a bunch of, like, 60s American cars. Western Sahara. Oh, really? Interesting. You can't get many Indora. flights there, though. Mm, is that pretty? I'll see. Uh, People's Republic of China. Really? I didn't imagine they'd be any good. India. Uh, really? Brunei. Oh, oh wait, Brunei's Brunei? great. There's the a lot of rich country that you can escape to. <laughs> yeah, no, Brunei's really rich. The assaulting guy. Top10s.net. Yeah. Let's see, Sultan of Brunei. Let's look at this guy. I think his net worth is something crazy. Um, oh, it's what he's he owns just France. Okay, Bhutan. really? Um, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, but that's that's definitely some nice stuff. Alright, you ready for how much the Sultan of Brunei has? How much? 
He has $28 billion sitting in physical money, but he has over $100 billion of physical assets. Which generally assets are physical mostly. Yeah, yeah, but they don't consider that part of his money net worth. So in like well, that is money part of your money net worth. Right. It's just part of your net normal net worth. Yeah. I'm looking at this garage he has and it just has like twenty Ferrari Enzos in it. That's why. That's like then so stupid. They he controls all the Enzos. I mean I know he can sell them on, you know, eBay or something for a lot of money, but still that's painful. It's just all those great cars locked up. He increases the rarity of the car. Sure, I guess that's good. I mean, the fact that the classic car prices have gone up so much. as I guess part of his fault. a couple of them. Yeah. I mean, look at this. He's got like 17 Jaguar XK120s. Why? Those rare. Those are really rare. Those are the Jags from the 80s that had the turbo on it. That's unbelievable. Anyways, I think that's pretty much it for this week's podcast. Um, yeah. Covered F1, we've covered planes, we even covered, covered the Sultan of Brunei. So, thank you for listening. Rashab, anything else to say? No, but thank you guys for listening. Absolutely. Thank you. Goodbye. sake studio recording production copyright i'm not quite sure the day thank you for listening goodbye